You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Austin, and I am joined by Mike. Hello. And we have a special guest for a couple minutes. <laughs> Hello. Wendy. Yes, Wendy, who's been on the podcast, but it's been it's been a while. It's been a minute, yeah. yeah. So Okay, tonight's episode is going to be a little bit of a rambly episode, but also various listener suggestions about what we should kind of ramble and talk about, and that is our magical fuck-ups. Yeah, we have a couple of different things tonight. So we've got uh, a, a, to- a topic suggestion on fucking it up. Okay. Um, and then we have another one on uh, working with animal components, which I think is a carryover or someone had a follow-up or follow-up or wanted more information, ugh, I guess, on the episode that we did where we talked about necromancy. Okay. So um, we can talk on that a little bit more. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right. So let's let's dive in, shall we? Yeah. Um, so Austin, I think... In the context of this episode tonight, rather than focusing on the mundane fuck-ups, because we all make that shit, right? Like Like like, me setting someone on fire. Yeah, fire seems to be a big one. Wendy was just talking about how she also had an incident with fire. I've also certainly burned my fair share of shit over the years, um, because you just... You just don't anticipate, right? We also just you get know, carried away. It's, it's easy to overload a candle. You know, you have a lot of junk on an altar and you don't realize your candle's sitting real close to something it shouldn't be. You know, shit happens, right? Um, but anyway, rather than focusing on the mundane things, I believe the question that came through or the suggestion that came through was really about the the spiritual things. When we, as magical practitioners, when we do the ritual, we do the spell... And for whatever reason, it just, it doesn't kick off the way we need it to, or it ends up giving us a little bit of a, maybe a, I don't know, root B instead of root A, Okay. kind of a, kind of a, kind of a, a result anyway. Okay. I, I have plenty of the like, so I cast a spell for this and I didn't anticipate it would happen this way, but boy, howdy did it. Um, I've not really had a spell backfire. Um... Uh. Well, the conceit. It's not even conceit. It's that, like, I'm sitting here and I'm honestly thinking, and I've not had a spell backfire. I've had them just fizzle and not work. Well, let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Because I I just had this interaction with someone about a week or so ago, the topic of backfiring spells. You know, they asked for some assistance with something. I gave them an answer. Okay. Right? And as we all know, my answers are always 100% accurate. Yes, it's always right. Um, yes, always right. Um, anyway, but I gave them some information on how to more effectively do the thing they wanted to do. And the first thing they shot back in communication was, well, what if it backfires? And I had to, to kind of have that conversation with them a little bit. Okay, so so let me fill, fill you out on this. Both of you too, Wendy. Okay, so, all right, so when you we do a spell, right? Would it be fair or would you guys, would you agree that most often if we do a working of whatever sort and we see some sort of consequence or result of that working that would feel like a backfiring kind of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That more often than not, that actually really has to do with us as the person who cast the spell. Yes. Right? That has a, usually, I think, a bit more to do with our... Who knows, maybe our our level of skill, our level of knowledge, the decisions that we made around that spell and the lack way we put it together. Work. Lack of prep work, absolutely. What about issues of worth? 
Because I see that happens a lot of the time with people where they're like, I, I want I want to earn money. I want to make more money. I want the love of my life, you know, and they want these things. They do that love spell to attract that ideal life partner for a relationship. Right. But in the core of their being, they're like, I'm a piece of shit and I don't deserve to be happy. Right. And no spell in the world is going to work for you if at the core of your being, you don't believe you deserve that thing. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Because I, I think that people with the, uh, thanks to internet witches and the terminally online, um, I think we have the this situation popping up in the online witch community where you've got people that are like, oh, it's going to backfire. If you, you know, if you don't do it at exactly the right time of the day or at the right phase of the moon, or if you have to substitute calendula for marigold, you know, your spell's going to backfire. And the backfire thing for me really, to be honest, sounds a whole lot like karma rule of three. Law of return. Think about witches in the past. I mean, we didn't have, you know, knowledge of, oh, this time of day is um, better to do a spell of this matter. They just kind of did it as needed, right? Yeah. And you don't have to align all correspondences. I mean, good Lord, what did they do in the past? Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And sorry, if you guys are hearing some fumbling, we had to do a quick mic adjustment. Um, I had to adjust myself. Um, so, yeah, exactly. You know, so, all right. So I wanted to see where you guys were at on the whole concept of, of backfiring. So rather than talking about a backfiring, because that is certainly something that we can see. But when we talk about backfiring, it almost sounds more like, again, I want to go back to the, like, it sounds almost like, there is some energy out there that is already working against you, right? There is already mm -hmm. something that's watching to slap your hand and make trouble for you if you didn't do the thing just the right way, right? I didn't do the spell exactly as it was written in the book, you know? I didn't read the words exactly as they were showing up on my Pinterest screen, you know? And so now something's going to get me. And that's not how these things really work. If that's how this shit really worked, witchcraft would have died out a long time Absolutely. ago. Mm -hmm. Because nobody would have wanted to take the risk to do anything. So instead, <clears throat> let's talk about those situations where we do a working, <clears throat> we send the thing out. And maybe because we're maybe we're not specific enough, maybe because we're overly specific, mm -hmm. we see things not line up in the way we want them to. So can you think of something? I have one. And it's not a, not a spell I I've done personally, but it is probably <clears throat> one of the more one of the nastier spells that the matriarch of our coven has done over the years. Okay, I'm talking about my mother, mm -hmm. um, who's nowhere near as nasty as her mother was with her her baneful workings. Uh, but my mother years ago, through a weird sequence of events, came into contact with a man that she very quickly discovered was a pedophile. And she, you know, much like all of us here in this room, has a zero tolerance policy mm -hmm. for that kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so she told this man that if he did not change his ways, if he did not do something to seek therapy, if he did not do something to change the behavior anyway, that, um, that she was going to do something to him. And of course, he, you know, didn't believe her, right? So anyway, she, in the process of, <laughs> of, of formulating her spell, her working, her her phrase around this and what she said to him is that if he did not change his ways that he would be turned to stone. And of course you say something like that to somebody and they go, Psh, 
whatever. What kind of fantasy books have you been reading, right? You know, uh, you know, like give it a shot, Harry Potter, right? <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, but what ended up happening is within three days, this man was rushed to the emergency room with inoperable kidney stones. Ho ho ho. Like he had to have, like he had to go through. They had to surgically go in and remove these kidney stones um, from this man, and so that I always take as that I always take as as a perfect example of. Well, one, don't piss off a witch. Yeah. Um, two, don't make don't fun of us. Don't be a pedophile. Don't be a pedophile for sure. There you go. That's that's actually that's number one. Don't be a pedophile. Two, don't piss off a witch. Three, don't don't fuck with cat. Don't oh yeah, don't fuck with my mother. Exactly. Um, Take take us seriously when we threaten you, <laughs> you know. Um, but beyond that, um, and getting back to the topic of our, of our episode tonight, um, that to me was always an example of a spell that had its intended effect, mm-hmm. but because of the way that energies work around those kinds of situations, and because of where maybe my mother was at with her focus on basically just getting the man to stop the behavior, you know, whatever, right? That of course he wasn't literally turned into stone. Right, that would have been sweet. Mm. Um, but kidney stones, right? And this is the man who had no history of kidney stones. I should should qualify prior to this. The man had never had a kidney stone prior to to this curse. Um, anyway, so that's I, that's that's kind of what I'm talking about. Those moments where we we work a spell, we do a thing, and we still sometimes might even see what we want, right? But it doesn't manifest quite the way we thought it would. So can you can you think of anything? I have a couple. Um, I'm gonna go with one that's more personal to me that I that I did. So I, <laughs> I would hope. Um, so I. You sound naughty. Yes, <laughs> we can tell by the the big grin on your face that this is a naughty spell. a retelling of a story of a of, of of a baneful working that you've done. So I was. In junior high, we should we need to make sure we talk or, or throw out some spell examples that are not just baneful workings because our true. listeners are going to get the wrong idea. So I'm gonna. Uh, okay, so I'm okay. No, please tell your story. Go so for it. So this this wasn't necessarily a baneful working. Okay. But this is this is the. Ooh, I was out of control. So I was having to deal with a bully mm-hmm. in junior high. And he was up and acting a fool in class. And I was sitting there and it's really annoying, really annoying, really annoyed. And he got up to go to the restroom. I got up to ask my teacher something. And his desk was right next to the teacher's. Mm. So I grabbed a tag lock. Okay. Mm. I had braces. What's a tag lock? A tag lock is something that that individual, the target, has touched or had transferred di- DNA. Transferred DNA, basically. Okay. Okay. I just wanted you to clarify that for our listeners, yeah, maybe so, who don't know that. So term. you know, a tag lock is hair everything hair from brush, yeah, everything from toenails, hair to spit to toenails, lipstick, menstrual blood, semen, blood, uh, skin, uh, to something that they've touched, um, something that they've written with. A lot of that stuff's very personal. So yes. can I ask, what was the tag lock you found for your classmates? The tag lock that I found from for, for my classmate. Gross was a piece of chewed gum that he had put in a wrapper. Okay. Okay. And I was like, okay, whatever, this is what I'm having. So I took it, and I I had braces, and I had the wax, mm. the, weight, the, yeah, the bracket the wax, wax to hold, to, hold like, lips. to like protect your lips and stuff like that. And so I took that out, and I started molding a poppet 
Okay. Mm. And I put the gun in the poppet, and I had this I had this poppet that was probably about the size of like a big lighter at that point. This is pre-COVID. This is pre-COVID. <laughs> yeah, I was I was probably about 13. Okay. Um, and so I'm sitting there, I make You're it. like, what, 15 now? So you're making your poppet. So I'm making my poppet, and I name it and everything, and he comes in, and he automatically just starts going off on stuff and is being just a dick to me. And so I start having the poppet mimic mimic what he's doing, running around, acting odd, and then I have it go to a standstill. And he, like, stands there for a minute, and he looks around like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And I go, <coughs> sit. And I, like, hit it with my pen, and he, like, collapsed on the floor. <laughs> and I was, I spooked myself. I was like, huh? It worked. And my my friends saw, and they are like, Austin, what did you do? And I was like, don't worry about it. I'll do nothing. And so that was one. And another one was, this is, I always tell my students, like, if you're sick, probably don't do mm. magic, mm-hmm. uh, just because you you're need that energy 100%. to heal. Yeah. Right? So I, I was in college, and I was doing a, a competition, a vocal competition. And I came down with strep. So I went to the doctor, they put me on antibiotics, and I was no longer contagious, but I was still like had hardly any voice. <laughs> so I did a a spell and enchanted a tea and a mouth rinse. And I was like, you know, as long as I get through this competition, I'll be fine. I took first place in the competition. <laughs> and then I received my award with no voice. And for like three weeks. <laughs> I had no voice. Like, I couldn't talk. Mm. Okay. Ursula gotcha. Ursula got me. I <coughs> ursula myself. Voice. Mm. Um, so those are some examples. I've got one. Yeah. So you guys, I think, know this gentleman I'm talking about. It was a, a coach that worked with my husband. Mm. My husband owns a soccer club. And this coach was always causing drama, always getting up to no good, causing problems, making young girls feel uncomfortable and he just wouldn't go away and he was kind of woven with the club to where it would be an issue at the time to get rid of him so i did a spell to get rid of him however looking back at it now i should have been more specific with what i said because yeah he's gone but he also took three teams with him Mm. So if okay. I would have worded it differently, you know, yeah, you know that, okay. you know. So in retrospect, <clears throat> I would yeah. have refined that. So that kind yeah. of, I guess, it's a little backfire, right? Um, I, I mean, in the sense that you, it, it also gave you consequences you didn't want, right? Yeah. So thinking that out a little bit uh, better yeah. would have, you know, okay. live and learn. So that, so that's a good segue to you getting on to I think what the the practical piece that, that the person who suggested this topic was looking for. So. In both of those situations, all of those situations, that we, you know, the one I shared from my mother as well, um, do you feel that it's good for us? I mean, do we need to, when we're formulating, when we're putting together the steps for a working, right? We we really do probably need to take a moment to consider the collaterals, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like what could potentially <coughs> go on, you know, as a result, right? You know, I, I talk about, I have this conversation a lot with people and again, touching mm-hmm. back on the concept of, of baneful working, you know, I've had this conversation over the years with people that are like, well, you know, I, this guy pissed me off and I don't care. I just want him dead, you know? And, and in that moment, sometimes I have to stop those people and say, okay, well, have you thought about mm-hmm. this man's children? Right. 
Have you thought about, you know, like, have you thought about, you know, you're really angry with him. And yeah, he's from the sound of it. He sounds like a dirtbag. But there are innocent people around this situation, mm. you know. And it's not necessarily that they're going to get the energy of your spell. But if you do something that harms this man and say he loses his job and he can't pay the bills, right. now his children are homeless too, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, so I, would you guys agree that we, we do probably need to look at some of the the other pieces in those kinds of situations when i first started working with austin kind of like on a one-on-one the first thing he asked me is if this person were to drop dead in front of you how would you feel okay and if you can answer that like with a hundred percent cool you know yeah. or eh, then maybe you need to rethink rethink it okay yeah so, i think that's always a good good test yeah. Uh, well, you and I were having this conversation earlier. You know, people always throw out the threefold law, and no one actually knows. Unless you're a tribe wiccan, you don't know what the threefold law actually is. The threefold law is not what you put out comes back to you threefold. That's not the threefold law. That's karma. The threefold law, the rule of three, is to ask yourself is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, that's still a little foofy for some people, but. Um, when we look at that, is a baneful working ever going to be kind? Probably not. Kind to yourself, yeah. maybe. You know, but not to the t- the target. Is what you're doing true? Like, did this person actually do something to you that warrants and justifies the working? Cool. Is it necessary? Is this going to make you feel better, teach this person a lesson, and potentially stop this person from doing it again? Cool. Sweet. Baneful working. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I have my students follow, not necessarily that, but I like sit with it for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, Always. we just wrapped up two weeks ago, uh, Baneful Magic and Awakening the Witch. And it, it, it very much is like, sit with it for a second. You know, you could do a hex or a curse. Oh, you're yawn talking <laughs> to the podcast. Don't do it. You yawn and I cough every episode. And okay. Wendy squeaks. <clears throat> Well, the stool squeaks. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, so, so I, so I have my students realize that and think about it that way, because that's truly what it is. Is it true? Is it kind? Is it necessary? And that was a great moral guiding compass for me as a young witch, mm-hmm. and still is something that I will check in with today, because we all know I have a fiery ass temper. Mm-hmm. We all know that I will hurl il malocchio like that if I get if I'm upset. So being able to take a step back and go, okay. Everybody listening to this episode with earphones in just was like, ah, because you just snapped your fingers right next to the microphone. Um, <clears throat> yeah, don't do it. So, all right. So getting back to the, again, the kind of the logistical pieces. Okay. So we're putting together a spell. We want to do an effective working, right? Okay. And say we've already done the lake work, right? Okay. Like we've done our research. We have a good head for the correspondences that we want to use. Right, we have um, you know whatever those other pieces may be, right? Because those are all going to vary very a lot by mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. And, and and different practitioner, right? When we sit down and actually get to the moment of working the the spell, are we going to, or would you say we need to um, again look very carefully at really what the result is, mm-hmm. right? Like what is it we really need to do? You were just talking about that with the the you know, the explanation that you just made of rule of three, right? Or that's one mm-hmm. way to determine, like, is this maybe the best way or the good thing for me to do, mm-hmm. right? So what what kind of tips or advice do we maybe have for people who are finding themselves in that situation where they're like, well, I want to do this, and I know that this is what I want, but I'm not entirely sure what it is that I can ask for 
or maybe how necessarily to structure a spell in such a way that I get this result with as little resistance or as little potential spillover as possible. So what are some tips? One, you need to be specific. Okay. Mm -hmm. But not too specific. I was like, because that, that gets us caught up in, into some trouble too exactly. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you need to be specific. <clears throat> you need to know your components, not have conflicting components. You, you need to have your stuff, like, you, you need to have a good idea. Um, I always tell my students, you want to build the pathway and then set your magic loose. Mm -hmm. If there is a wall, it'll bounce off, give it some leeway, let it twist, let it turn, let it have some give, but be as specific as you can without being too controlling. Okay. All right. So would you say that in the process of trying to do that, like say putting that into words, right, as a component of maybe incantation or this, the verbal component of a working, would you say that it would be good to maybe be specific about the result like, this is exactly yes. what I need. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and then maybe to or support that with, mm -hmm. these are things that cannot happen mm -hmm. as a result of this working. And then other than that, let your energies manifest mm -hmm. that result however you need. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, I usually say, state the power and then send it. Okay. All right. Oh, noisy street traffic mm -hmm. tonight. And I've got uh, to bid adieu. So, yes. Yes, Wendy is going to, to make a, a departure. Well, now that Wendy's gone, we can talk shit on her. I'm just kidding. No. Um, okay, so, continuing kind of along this topic before we kind of switch gears into something else. So, Austin. Yes. Um, okay, how to I'm trying to figure out how to word this. Oh, you're playing with the microphone again. Okay, hold on. We're good. There we go. Okay. All right, so... What, what is your take on, because this is a conversation that you and I both have had a lot over the years. And one of the things that I find I'm, one of the things that I find that I tell people a lot, particularly when they're very new, right? And I know when, when we're new at something, we're always going to be a little anxious, a little unsure, right? If you're new into witchcraft and you don't have a moment of hesitation or a tiny little moment of uncertainty or doubt, you're a psychopath and you probably shouldn't be practicing witchcraft because, oof, I don't know, there's something wrong with you hesitation, nerves, anxiety around these practices are perfectly normal. Even years into your practice, you are going to have a moment where you're going to maybe feel a little bit of doubt or you're going to hesitate. And in that moment, what that really is, is that's kind of a check-in, mm -hmm. I think, a lot, right? If we handle that in the right way, that's a check-in. Like, you know, like, where am I at in my practice? Where am I at in my belief? You know, is this particular thing that I'm doing really really the best thing for this moment, right? In this situation, right? And those can be positive things. Those can help us stay on the path, right? But so anyway, my, my question to you. So I, I tell these people, this to people a lot when they're very new. I, I always find myself saying there really isn't anything that you can do that you can't undo short of death, mm -hmm. right? Um, and obviously there are other situations out there where you're like, well, shit, I can't really reverse this, right? Like if you do something and you end up inadvertently costing yourself a job, it's, you know, probably not too likely that place is going to hire you back, right? Though who knows, right? Um, anyway, so what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, is everything that we do with our magical work, is everything necessarily, um, irreversible or permanent? No. Okay. No, I don't believe that. I believe that for as much as we have the ability to create change, we can also um, 
again, create change to fix mistakes. You know? Yeah. If you've upset a spirit, you can make penance. If you... You can make what? Uh, penance. I couldn't think of another word. Penance? Retribution. It's very, it's very, oh, no. No. Oh, geez. Wow. Did you spend the day in church? I don't know. I don't know. You can... How about... You can make up. Make amends. Make you can amends. atone. Atone. That's you can still... expiate yourself. <sighs> Sorry, I'm thinking of all these other words. Anyway, go on. Um, so you, could, you can always do that. You know, It's very rare that you can piss off a spirit and it not ever want to work with you again. Yeah. Particularly if you approach it respectfully. Yeah. If you've been a really good devotee, like if you've been a really good worshiper, follower, devotee, whatever the hell you may call yourself, to a particular spirit or god... I mean, and like for, and you have established practice where you've done the right things and this spirit has been pleased with you sooner or later, you're human, you're going to fuck it up. Mm-hmm. And you know, and yeah, in that particular moment, that spirit might be like, uh, okay, bye. But if you've done right before, they're not going to completely bail. Yeah. They'll be back, you know? And yes, you probably need to do some work to, you know, try to call them back, you know, make an offering of some sort. Right. It's like, so Sorry. Right? It's like when we screw up with people in our lives, right? Like, I was really horrible and shitty to you all day today. And I was like, Austin, I'm so sorry. I was so horrible and shitty to you. And now everything is okay. Right? Yeah, totally. That's what I thought. <laughs> Grudge holder, you. Um, anyway. Okay, so... So would you say it would be really, again, kind of fair, back to the topic of this question, that we really, we don't... We don't need to be afraid of fucking it up. No. As a matter of fact, I encourage my students to fuck up. Yeah. I encourage them to fuck up and make mistakes. Because if it weren't for the mistakes made by those that came before us, mm-hmm. we wouldn't know what works and what doesn't. We wouldn't know alternatives. You know? Yeah. We wouldn't know that sometimes a spirit likes a different offering. We wouldn't know that you could substitute orange pill for calendula if you don't have it um probably not yeah i was mm. gonna say i know you're just trying to make an example i'm but. trying to make an example my brain's not working right now um but but if it's not you learn from your mistakes mm-hmm. and if you are so worried that you're gonna make a mistake you you're you're just your own worst enemy you're your own worst enemy. Your magic's not going to work. And when it does work, it's going to take forever to manifest. Or it's going to manifest really, really quick, and you're still not going to be prepared for it. Yeah. You know, you and I both have a mutual who talked about how I studied for five years before I cast my first spell. And it's like, okay, and how'd that first spell go for you? And their response was, it, it like exploded into my face. And it's like, okay, so what did five years of mm-hmm. straight study and research do for you then nothing it did mm-hmm. nothing for you don't just be an armchair occultist and then decide to cast a spell one day mm-hmm. if you're going to be a witch and you're going to practice witchcraft there is a reason the practice of witchcraft has the word practice in it it is a practice oriented or oriented craft which means you need to have practicum. Yes. So fuck up, make mistakes. It's okay. Those, yeah, you're absolutely right. I agree with you completely. Though, though, screwing it up is really, to be honest, sometimes the only way we can learn. Well, on top of that, 
you screw it up and it's only scary and upsetting to you. It's not really scary and upsetting to anyone That, that is very true. I think that was one of the things that always kind of made me laugh. You know, it's a very, um, like, um, like honor roll students kind of a mentality, right? Where you're like, if I don't get it perfect at my first try, then that means, you know, I'm not going to get into the Ivy League college, right? Or, you know, whatever. There's the, no Ivy League college know, of witchcraft. Exactly. I was going to say, yeah, there's, there, that does, that's not how it works with witchcraft. You do, do not need to be perfect. Um, and yes, sooner or later, you were, you're going to screw it up royally. We all do. Um, yes. I can't tell you how many students I, I've worked with where they... They freak out and they just divine, 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 and 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 they just continue to divine around their work. And it's like you're not giving it time. First off, mm-hmm. second, you shouldn't be the one divining. Also, can I just say, divine is really cool. Yes, and I was do. very sad when she died. Yes, we do love divine. Um, okay. I you know to be honest I, I I can't really think of anything more to really go into on this. Particular you need to share topic. a story of a spell that either backfired and go the way you thought it was going to go. Uh, um, of your own, not your mother's. Okay, I'm I'm thinking now. This is this is a perfect example of how when we're more put on the spot, we freeze. Sometimes because I, I I have I absolutely I have those moments I've ha- I've had those situations where shit has just really not worked out, um, and now I'm drawing a blank. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, here's a recent one. Okay, my uh, my niece, our our niece, Emma, who is is uh, just nineteen, very very young right she has had some difficulty over the last couple of years i think of coming to terms with her sexuality okay she is you know she has now finally come out as a lesbian right um and but she struggled for a while mm-hmm. with that yes and bisexual pansexual she she yeah, yeah i'm not well she dated a bunch of guys that all turned out to be losers yep. you know and, and you know a lot of a lot of men are losers but um anyway but she She's, she's finally, you know, she seems to have finally, you know, kind of figured it out, right? And she's happy. She, you know, she's happy. You know, she's, she's doing better with that, at least that aspect of her life, right? So one of the things that I found that I did in recent months and in the process of kind of figuring some things out and, you know, and being more open and honest about this part of her being is she, she finally decided to put herself in a position to, to date women. Mm-hmm. And she met a, a very nice girl who um, we've all had a chance to meet. She's she's very level-headed. She's very stable. We like her. Um, and in the process, I think, of trying to help that situation really, I think, be more of what Emma would like it to be, I did a little bit of a love working for her. And I spelled an item that was given to this young woman that she's dating as a birthday present. Shady, shady. No, no, not at all. No, because the spell that was done was not something specifically done to ensnare or capture this girl. That was not it. I do not work my love spells in that way because that's not love. That's obsession. That's domination. And possession. And, you know, that's that's not love. Um, anyway, but I, I did this in a way basically where the idea was like, okay, this will be something that will facilitate communication that will help them both be where they need to be so that this situation can ideally become its best 
right? You know, and if for some reason this doesn't work out, then they will both be able to move away from each other with peace, right? It was kind of in essence, kind of like that was like the, the you know, the one sentence, de you know, spell definition, right? So anyway, part of my in intent though was that was to, of course, to kind of help them, bring them closer together, right? Bring them closer together. And now that's bit me on the ass because now my niece has decided to move in with her girlfriend, She's doing this and she's going to be leaving town to do it. Um, and I'm not unhappy about that necessarily, but I have concerns about that because they haven't really been involved for very long. And Emma is only 19. And, and, and a very immature 19 at that. You know, at least when it comes to, you know, paying your bills on time and holding down a, a job for more than six months at a time. She, she still struggles. She's still growing up a lot there. Okay. And I'm not trying to shit on her. At 19, who the fuck has it together? I sure as hell didn't. Right. So, so no judgment. Okay. But anyway, but that was one of the things that I think has happened as a result of the way that I did that working with the purest intentions and, and as open as I possibly no could. Intent is is intention everything? I I always heard that in, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. That's because it is. Um, yeah. Anyway, so but I believe that's one of the reasons why this has now happened. You know, and so I'm not happy about some of these changes. But again, I have to focus on the initial result or what I was asking for with the spell. Right? If this is a move, if this is something that will actually facilitate what the spell was supposed to do, then wonderful, and it'll be okay. Right. Um, so that's that's a recent situation that, that I've found myself in kind of along the lines of what we're talking about. Um, you know, I have others. One of them I've shared on the podcast previously. I have a story where I talk about how I created a servitor when I was much younger. And I thought, oh, I'm a big badass witch. I'm just going to feed this thing with my own blood because blah, blah, blah. And I'm untouchable. Right. And then, yep, without fail, I'm young, arrogant, stupid. I got lazy and I forgot to make an offering to my servitor and I nearly sliced off my fucking finger because it's going to get its blood one way or another, mm -hmm. right? I've told that story on the podcast before, you know, and that, that shit happens, you know? And if in that situation, I don't really look at that as a spell gone wrong or a working gone wrong because really the issue there was my own ignorance and, uh, or arrogance, excuse me, arrogance. Um, you know, arrogance and pride will f screw it up for us more than most anything else. Um, anyway... Does that qualify? Do those yes. Two, those two were okay. You just needed me to air some of my own dirty laundry on the podcast, huh? Okay. You're good. Remember, your dirty laundry is mine and mine is yours because we put everything into the same washing machine. It's true. Um, all right. Let's, let's, let's focus on something else, okay? And our next topic suggestion, I think, for this episode is... I'm honestly, I'm not quite sure where this is going to go because the person that asked us this, and again, this is something that I think is meant to be a follow-up to some of what we got into on the episode that we did several back on necromancy and mm -hmm. working with the dead, right? Um, and on that episode, we talked a lot about the components, uh, like physical components of uh, basically of bodies, you know, that we would maybe work with in some capacity within our witchcraft. And you do not have to be doing necromancy to work with these kinds of things. Lots yeah. and lots of, of different practices and traditions will utilize physical components of animals' bodies, human bodies, mm -hmm. you know. So anyway, so, but this person wanted a little, think a little more, more detail or in-depth information there. Um, and I'm going to honestly say, if you're looking for information on how to 
uh, surgically, uh, physically, chemically process bodies, you know, um, you know, and to to do what you need to do to ethically harvest the components, the physical components of the bodies of animals, not humans, obviously, right? Because if you're doing that, chances are you've committed a crime. But um, but to do that in a way where, you know, you, you really are doing what you need to do, you really, to be honest, you probably need to talk to a taxidermist. And neither, of, neither of us here are taxidermists. Nope. Um, but in the context of witchcraft, right, um, would you say, and I think that this is one of the things that people get a little confused, that as witches, if we are going to be working with the physical components of something like this right like we're doing again we'll say we'll say we're doing a love spell right no here we'll do one better we're doing a healing spell on someone that has an issue with their heart and as a physical focus a representation of that we've used a chicken heart okay as a sympathetic you know and we say we wind that chicken heart with hair from that person's head right and that's just one example of a of a, way, of a like a what would you call it a power item or an item of focus mm -hmm. right that we could that we've prepared for that working okay um but would you say like in that situation it's not like we're we're not trying to preserve that heart right the heart that we're using for the spell will serve its purpose mm -hmm. in the completion of the spell but once the spell is done that heart will most likely either be who knows buried uh thrown into a fire right i mean it'll something will be done with that yeah to release the intent or the energy of the healing working, right? Mm -hmm. So I think sometimes people think that we're running around in graveyards in the middle of the night harvesting dead bodies with the idea that we're going to, you know, we're going to preserve those dead bodies. We're going to skin and tan that human leather, right? We're going to do Gross. these things. Yeah, well, you know, it's not these, these are things that have been done, right? Um, that we're going to do these things with the idea that we're now going to, like, I guess, have those things forever. And it's been my experience that most of the time we don't really do that. If we're using physical components like that, it's for this working with the understanding that those things do not keep forever. They will rot eventually, regardless of what we may do. And they don't need to last forever, right? Because we're not going to be doing that spell forever mm -hmm. right it's kind of the idea what's your what's your what's your your take on that you're you're staring at me like the man is just rambling the man is just rambling no no i agree with that i i guess i'm not understanding what 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 did they ask what was the question so the question was basically they wanted information on uh i think more specific information on working with the physical components of bodies in witchcraft and we talked about some of that. Remember, we talked about, you know, different uh, areas of the body, how it's important to pay attention to the way that that physical component of the body was used in life, right? Mm -hmm. So say we're talking about, you know, if you want to do a spell for movement, right? Like you just like, I want to move. I need to, who knows, maybe I, like, I want to relocate. I want to live somewhere else. I want to maybe do, uh, you know, a working to help fulfill a dream to travel overseas, right? Well, what better component than to incorporate a feather or who knows, maybe even a wing bone from a bird that is known for overseas travel right birds that fly across you know continent to continent that yeah. migrate like that right like that would be a perfect spell focus for something like that a spell to uh, to support efforts to travel overseas okay right you know so it's it's like using animal components or yeah yeah that's that's what we're talking about i mean yeah I guess I'm still not getting it because if you're using, I guess this is just where I I, I'm, I, I live witchcraft so much that I'm like, you know, what, what's the problem? 
Well, no, I think I it's, I, there's no problem here. I think this is this is someone that is just genuinely like maybe they're they're kind of newer to this, and but they're and they're looking for a a constructive, a good way to incorporate this into their own practice, which um, is which is the only reason why we're talking about it is because I, I wanted to try to provide information. Well, you person. you need like Mike said, we we need to look at the how how those those body parts were used, because um, that's gonna mirror the the magical. And spiritual properties of that. But you also want to make sure spiritual. Oh my god. Spiritual. 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 Been a day, huh? Spiritual. I just need to move my mouth more. Um, that's going to mimic how those things work. So if you're going to be doing a baneful working on someone and this person is a known alcoholic, you could do liver work. Yeah. Um, if you were going to mend a bone, then you could um, you could use a bone of that per, uh, of an arm. You know, let's say someone broke their arm, and we found like a chicken. Yeah. Arm. Oh bone, yeah, it doesn't need to be a human bone, right? You know, it doesn't need to be human. Yeah. Um, you do want to try and align those things. Uh, so you, you could break that bone and then weave it back together or use it as a focus and give it to them as a talisman. Um, the one spell that, that a lot of people like to do, and it is considered kind of more of a baneful working, but is the tongue spell, right? And yeah. to do that spell, you you actually, you go to the store and you buy a beef tongue. You go and you ask the, the, the butcher for lengua. Yeah. Right? Um, and you and you use a beef tongue as a as sympathetic representation of the tongue of your target mm-hmm. right to get them to speak in the way that you need them to yeah well that's that's why you use body parts body parts are sympathetic they are symbolic yeah. do they carry energy and power power in and of themselves yes of course they do if you're an animist that's what you believe um but as a witch when we work with these things they're sympathetic it's the same concept as working with a poppet you work with the poppet, you make the poppet look as close to that person as possible so that you can achieve a means to an end. Yeah. So I think we answered their their question. Well, so let's let's talk about again and I just just because I want to make sure that we've we've covered this or we we've addressed this to the extent that they you know they were looking. I, I will throw out some very basic knowledge that I have on the processing of physical components. So Obviously, oh, I just buy them. Well, most I think most witches do, right? And that's why I think most of us, if we're we're, if you are a witch that is intent on using these things, I'm going to tell you, and I mentioned this on our last episode, make the effort, like be nice to your butcher, uh huh, okay, because they will help you. They will mm-hmm. make sure that yes, they have a beef tongue for you. Yes, that they have a little container of pig's blood for you. Oh, you need a heart? Here you go. Here's a pig's heart. They they will do these things for you. Um, you know, and so so be nice to your butcher. Okay. Um, beyond that, um, if you can, go go around and talk to some of the local taxidermists in your area. Every area will have someone doing taxidermy. Mm-hmm. Research these people. You know, go and talk to maybe other people in the area, people who are involved in like oddities communities, right, or vulture culture kinds mm-hmm. of communities, right. Talk to these people and cultivate some relationships because if you are someone is who is squeamish and you're like, I don't want to have to deflesh this little body of this animal, your taxidermy friend will have no problem doing that for you. Yep. Then you just need to be patient while they do it, right? So yeah, so cultivate those connections if you're not wanting to do the, to do this. Uh, and beyond that, you know, have have a reliable means of income because buying this shit gets expensive mm-hmm. real quick. Um, but. 
I do know that depending on what you're doing, if you are working with, uh, say, uh, wet, like fresh organs, these kinds of things, mm-hmm. you you can use processes of desiccation and mummification very easily yeah. on these things. Salt is always a really good thing to use. You basically put the organ directly in the salt. You have to, to rotate it and move it periodically, like maybe once a week over the course of a few weeks. And yes, it's going to be gross and it's going to be bloody and it's not going to smell very good at the, at the start. But but it'll be worth it at the end, right? When you've yeah. got that, that, you know, whatever you want to call it, whatever it may be, right? Um, I know a lot of people have had a lot of luck if you're really, really patient and you have a secure place where you can do this, where you don't have to worry about animals digging them up, you can absolutely put um, pieces of, of whatever they may be that still have flesh on them. If, like, say, you, maybe you just want the bones, mm-hmm. right? Put that shit in the ground, you know? Bury it, you know? And then and absolutely, you're going to have to let it sit there for a few months. It's going to take some time, right? But uh, but Six after, months to after a few months pass, you're going to have a really cool whatever it is that you wanted, right? Um, yes, like there are things that you can do. Um, but again, remember, it's not always about for these kinds of or for this kind of work. It's not always about being able to keep the thing forever because more often than not, you don't need to. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're in November and for our U.S. listeners, we have this thing called Thanksgiving um, that's coming up. You mean uh, Indigenous American Abuse Day? Yes. Um, so with your turkey carcass, you could boil that down, make stock. Most of the time, the meat's going to come off really, really easily of those yeah. bones. Then you can take those bones and you can let them dry. Yeah. You can put those bones in a big thing of salt. Again, you're going to have to rotate it periodically. And then you're going to have bones that you can use. Turkey mm-hmm. bones are great. Turkeys are are quite quite good on a Yeah, I was level. thinking, I was, I was actually, we, I posted... Um, something it was you know it's not gonna be out till november but i was preparing some of our weekly witch tips Mm -hmm. that we post to our social media pages on wednesdays um and one of them as we get into november was um about the the significance the the animal spirit the animistic spirit of turkey and Mm -hmm. what that is particularly around thanksgiving because my god in in, at least in our area of the world turkeys are everywhere yeah that time of year um exactly um so yes Absolutely. So, you know, get practical, but ultimately, in the end, if you're the type of person who's trying to prepare these things yourself, like Mike said, make friends with, the, with your local taxidermist. Mm-hmm. Let's not get wrong, or, or it's never a wrong thing to do. Oh my goodness, I must be getting tired because I'm I'm running words together and now no longer making sense. All right. Um, Wow, geez, okay, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm looking at my list of, of other other pieces around that, and I, I just, I don't, don't really know that I have a lot more to offer uh, as far as information is concerned. There are going to be, well, actually, you know, I guess this is another important thing to consider. If you are involved in any kind of spiritual practice where you need physical bodily components for things, be they animal, human, whatever, right? Um, oh, and re- don't forget our plants, right? Mm-hmm. You know, people do not think of things like the roots of a plant, the flowers of a plant. People don't think of those things as bodily components, but they are indeed. If you have harvested the root of a plant, particularly if that plant died in the process of that harvest, 
in on an animistic level, like that's a life that was taken. That root is is the seat of an animistic spirit's physical life. That doesn't mean the spirit is dead because the spirit lives on, right? Uh, but um, but yeah, but we need to think about like our plant components are also those are bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, but in if you are involved in a practice that is asking you to utilize these things, most often those practices will also have established processes for how you harvest, how you cure, yeah. how you will process those components. Yes, and if you're this, the, the 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 type of person who's going completely off of feel and gut and off the cuff and you're claiming to be one thing you're the, the elders of that tradition are the ones who are supposed to teach you that so yeah well and i guess you know and that's that's a good point because very often you know if we're you know say we're eclectic in our approach you and i are you know we're not big fans of eclectic practice but um but if we're if we're approaching something that way say we're solitary and we're eclectic and we're kind of just piecing something together as we are able mm-hmm. right um and if that's all you've got then of course that's what you're going to do right but um but in that situation you you don't need to work with those kinds of components mm-hmm. right that does not need to be part of your practice yeah. and if you lack the knowledge and there's no established information that would basically be telling you like oh yeah this is how you do this this is what this is this is how you need to do this then don't worry about it. Yeah, I think that I think that's something that, that that a lot of people who are trying to decolonize their craft and like be, try and like get out of the colonizer mindset don't understand is that if you don't know, don't do it. Yeah. Don't just fl- try and fly off the cuff and make shit up and try and figure it out as you go. If you don't know, don't do it yeah you know it's something that happens a lot of the time when when people come into the shop we're, we're always good to educate but you have people who are like oh well i don't know what this herb does but i just feel a draw to get it and it's like why if you don't know don't don't get it yep. you know and usually we use that as an opportunity to educate like oh well this herb yeah. actually is used oh, yeah. for this yeah, you well, use it this that's, way that's what we do here we're always trying to educate yes and you know nine times out of ten they're really receptive but then there's always that one person who's like well i don't intuitively feel that so i'm gonna use it this way i love that i don't intuitively feel people they're some of my favorite people i'm just like oh my god well this is really really pretty so i'm gonna use it this way okay you go ahead and try and use monk's hood in a beauty and glamour spell and see how that gets you Go ahead. That Slather is, that on your face. Going back to the first part of our podcast tonight, that's a brilliant way to fuck it up. Yes. Permanent. And if you, if I was to say, and if you survive, right? Remember, there's nothing you can't do that you can't undo except, except death. death. Um, and yes, the spirits and the plants, Aconite, will will kill you. Um, yes, she, she is. She's not nice. All right. Okay, I guess the last thing that I really had was um, someone wanted us to kind of talk a little bit about elemental spirits. You know, it was a topic request, and I was thinking, like, you know, we could probably just do, like, a full podcast on this. And we could. Um, But we've had a couple of other things that we've talked about tonight that haven't really taken much time. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's let's do this. Why wait? We're almost an hour or so. Oh, are we? Okay, well, then what what else should we talk about? We'll We'll save elemental spirits for next week. 
course we would do that. And now I'm like, oh, now my brain broke. So let's 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 talk about this. So, hey, Mike. Yes, Austin. Do you write your own spells, or do you just use the spells that are written by other people? Um, I I will say that when I was much younger and not quite as sure of my own ability to do this for myself, mm-hmm. I I would I would utilize spells written by other people, not not exclusively. Um, but I think the reason for that is I grew up in a, a living situation where there was always the encouragement, like, do your own shit, mm-hmm. do your own shit. If you need to take a piece from here, okay, as long as that's something that is available to you, right? Or who knows, go in and get into, you know, grandma's old books and do a spell that she did, right? Because then we know for sure it works, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise she wouldn't have written it down, right? So, And I think that's where a lot of this comes from. I think that there are a lot of people out there that pick up a book by Judica Isles, okay? And I'm not trying to shit on Judica Isles, but I think that she's made a lot of money publishing books that are at least 50% bullshit. Well, yeah, because they're all like um, myths. It's Well, it's folklore, but mm-hmm. I also know that... There is one book of hers that's really, really good, actually. Oh, really? And it's The Pure Magic. Okay, well, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to crap on her, okay, but she's another example of somebody who... Uh, okay, so, so the point I was trying to make, okay, I think there's this idea or there's this belief that people have that if it's in a book, if somebody else came up with it and wrote it down, then that means it's, like, it's legitimate. Like, mm-hmm. that means it's real. That means that it worked. And I'm going to tell you right now, most of the books out there that have spells in them, that's crap. That's, that's something that somebody, you know, they needed to just get some ink on a page so that they could get that fucking thing published, right? And, you know, more often than not, that person's never even done that spell, mm-hmm. right? And so so I think that where you're coming from with this and with bringing this up, I, I think that, and this is just my take, my position, my b- belief on this, but I think that there's still this idea, particularly in newer practitioners, that if I read it in a book, that means it's real. Oh. And if it's something that I make up myself, then it lacks legitimacy. It's not going to be as real. And that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous because then you're literally telling yourself that you're not real. (laughs) Well, you know, to to answer your question, I I will say as I've gotten older, I I don't utilize, I don't use spells from books anymore. Mm -hmm. I will, I I buy books all the time Mm -hmm. and I read books because I'm always interested in seeing how other people are doing the thing. Yeah. I'm always interested in seeing other people's practices, you know, and I, you know, you and we've talked about this before. We're always learning. Yeah. Right. I'm always learning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. Go on. Yeah. It's, it's just something that's been floating around where it's like, no, it has to be in a book in order for you to do it. And it's, yeah. it's really frustrating to me because yeah, I've read my fair share of grimoires and spell books and I've done spells. I love the grimoires because more often than not, the grimoires are also just a bunch of bullshit. I, I take those spells, or I took those spells, even when I was a, when I was starting out, and I went, okay, that's nice. I'm gonna adjust this because I don't like that. I don't like the wording there. I think it would be more powerful if I did it this way. Yeah, I can see how you want to do it in the waning moon, but you could get the same effect and probably a quicker effect if you did it during this time, you know. And I would, I would take them and I'd use them as a blueprint. And so for our listeners, that's that's what I'm gonna suggest. Write your own spells, but like if we're talking about writing our spells, well, let's talk about that for a minute. Because what does that entail? 
what does that entail? A lot of people think spells include means you cleanse your space and you cast your circle and you call the quarters and da da da. No, that's ritual and that's very specific to Wicca and high ceremonial magic. Um, nine times out of ten, if you if you walk into our house, there's a spell going somewhere, some point in time, anywhere in the house. Well, I, but we also have a house full, full of, of witches. practitioners. Yes. So, yeah. um, so, so no, it's not constantly that thing. But for you to first do your spell or write your own spell, what you need to do is what is the goal? What are you trying to do? How do you want to get from point A to point B? You need to figure that out first. And I'm not saying intention is everything. And I'm not saying, what is the intent of the spell? Prosperity. Cool. What kind? Yeah. Be specific. Okay. But like, like what about money? You need to be specific in that intent. So I'd say write a statement. You know, I always tell my students, write out a statement. So let's say we're going to do a prosperity spell. Write out a statement. And the statement is, I am healthy and wealthy in all ways that benefit me and those around me. Cool. Sweet. Awesome. Clear, concise statement. Now you need to figure out what route are you going to go? Are you going to use fire? Are you going to use water? Are you going to use earth? What are you going to use? Are you going to use air? So you need to figure that out. Are you going to use a combination of all three? Are you going to use a candle? Are you going to use a chime candle? Are you going to use a big girl candle? Are you going to use a jar candle? What kind of components are you going to be using? Do you need herbs? Do you need oils? Uh, Do you need something fresh? Does it need to be dried? These are the things you need to think about. Now, your spell and your incantation doesn't need to rhyme. The only reason we rhymed spells is, one, when something rhymes and it's catchy and it has that beat, it's easier to remember. It's easier to allow yourself to repeat it and trance out. It doesn't need to be. It can be as easy as the, I am healthy and wealthy in all ways that benefit me and those around me. That does not, that barely rhymes at all, other than the healthy and wealthy, right? And that's fine. You want to write your statement as if it's already happened. Um, And then you need to figure out when are you going to do the spell? How much upkeep is it going to have? So there's more that goes into spells than just rolling a candle and some herbs, lighting it and saying, this is the thing I need, and then moving away. Though that is most definitely part of a spell. So that's your basic structure for a spell. Yeah. You can get as detailed and as deep as you want into like planetary hours and days and phases of the moon and do you need to do it as close to or on a saint festival or a particular uh, holy day or, or what? What are you trying to do? You can get that detailed, but you don't have to. Okay. So going back to the money spell, because apparently people really like that we gave practical things, right? So... Uh, people people really seem to have enjoyed the practical information that we provided on servitors, which is why I think we had somebody contact us asking us to do the same for elemental spirits. Okay. So then, uh, but that's going to be that's going to be a very different conversation. I'm yes. just going to say that right now. <laughs> yeah. So so let's say we're going to go with something that's really quick and really easy. You're going to need a dollar bill. You're going to need some Solomon seal root because that's going to protect your finances. It's also good for success. Uh, you'll need some orange peel. Because orange is good for success. It also is a citrus, so it helps remove blockages. And why the hell not? Let's go ahead and throw some sink foil or five-figure grass in there. You're going to need a green candle. Or you could do a gold candle. 
or you could do an orange candle, or you could do a white candle. I'm going to go with green, though. And then you're going Basically to... Basically just any color candle. Any, any color candle. <laughs> but we're going to go with green. Um, and you're going to carve the intention, your statement, onto that candle. Then you're going to anoint it with plain old olive oil. Anoint it coming towards you. Put some of the herbs on that. Do not slather it. Do not make it a fire hazard. And then put a little bit on, you know, you, you want to dress that dollar bill. Burn the candle on top of the dollar bill. You can put it underneath a plate. That'll probably be easier. And then basically sit and focus your intention. Raise that power. Say the spell out loud. Mm-hmm. Yes, out loud. I know, ooh, scary. You're all alone in your room and you're having to say, speak out loud. I get it. Super scary. Say it Is out it? loud. Is it? <laughs> say it out loud. And then let that candle burn down. No, you do not have to sit there and stare at that nine inch pillar candle or seven day novena or little teeny tiny chime candle or tea light until it goes out. If you are in the same house as the candle, it is considered being attended. So let it burn down. Once it's burned down, you have officially charged a talisman. Fold it up, make a packet out of it. It's really easy. You fold it into a square, you wrap it up, easy right and then carry that in your wallet purse or pocket done or for those of you out there who like the aesthetics put it in your money bowl boom simple money spell simple money spell i didn't give you any specifics other than some of the things that you can work with and you can substitute things you can't get solomon's seal cool find something else you know you don't know where to get sink foil or five finger grass you can probably find it outside honestly it grows wild a lot of places go to your local metaphysical shop there's so many things that are at the tips of your fingers so if you're looking for good spells or good books on spells and spellcraft um i can name off a couple a few uh, we have spells for change frankie Castanea, uh modern witch by devon hunter is a really good one uh I already mentioned Pure Magic by Judica Isles, which is actually a really pretty good one. Um, Mastering Magic is out by Matt Aron. I've not had a chance to read that yet, but I'm dying to get my fingers on it. Um, <laughs> we, have, we have some copies of that coming in tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah. Awesome. Um, let's see. Oh, God, there are so many more. If you want to get really, really crazy, you could do Planetary Magic. And rituals, um, which is I think a digitalis book, and the Witch's Book of Spellcraft is also a really really awesome one as well. Uh, surprisingly enough, The Witching Hour by Ravenwolf also really good. It's just a book of recipes, and you can take and adjust them as you need. So there's so many things out there. If you're someone who wants to stick more into the folk magic perspective, there are plenty of folk magic books out there. You have books like American Brujeria, obviously. You want to do that one if you are of that culture. Um, Burn a Black Candle, Italian Folk Magic. These are all really good ones. Rootstone Sticks and Bones. Uh, there's so many good books out there that you can take and build off of. But that does not mean that you have to get your spells from a book. Yeah. Well, we've talked a little bit about this this concept on prior episodes, and one of the ways that I always like to kind of 
explain it to people, particularly again people maybe who are a little bit newer and unsure of themselves. And when we're we're new at something, we're always going to be looking for external sources, right? We're going to be, you know, we need that, right? We mm-hmm. need the info, we need the thing because we don't know what the hell we're doing, right? Or we don't trust ourselves enough, right? And so one of the things that I I always like to try to talk to people or, or the way that I like to try to explain it is that um, when we consistently go to an external reference for instruction on what we want to do for ourselves, it's not that we're getting bad information, but the reason or the energy around why that spell was previously created by another witch mm-hmm. was going to primarily be their reason, yeah. their energy, their situation. And whatever it is you may need a similar spell, like whatever that spell is, whatever it is you may need that spell for, it doesn't matter how similar things may possibly be to your situation and the one that the other person who wrote the spell are, you know, I mean, there could be a whole lot of overlap and similarity there, but there are still going to be things that are going to be different because it is your life, your circumstance, yes. which is one of the other reasons why it's so important to to be diligent about creating these things for yourselves, even maybe with a little bit of help. Yes. All right. We oh God, was another thing <clears throat> that I that I heard that I was like, what? I know we hear so many things that just frustrate us to no end <clears throat> because there there are a lot of people out there who I, I think for a number of reasons get on and talk about these things and there's a tiny part of me that likes to look for the good in people i don't know why i do that it's disgusting and gross and you think i would have learned by now but there's this tiny part of me that really is always trying to like give people the benefit of the doubt that likes to think oh well you know these are people who are you know they're they're out there and they're just they're trying to share their experience and their knowledge you know and they're just they're trying to do what they can to bolster the growth and the learning of others and without fucking fail every time those people i i get bitten with that thinking because these are not people who are trying to share anything these are people who have god complexes or Mm. savior complexes or people who are totally wrapped up in their their unmanaged mental health issues and they are just spewing whatever it is that they want to spew for most likely attention i'm assuming most of the time Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's, and it's bad because these are ultimately the people that seem to end up with the, the most listeners. Yeah. Because I think there are a lot of people out there who want the lie. There are a lot of people out there who want to hear what they want to hear. Yeah. And when you tell someone, I have this experience all the time. So why don't you carry sage? Here's the reasons why. Oh God. Yeah. And then there's just this blank look on their face. Mm. And I'm like, did you not hear me? Yeah, and it's like they can't reconcile. It's it's that cognitive dissonance, right? It's like they it it they, they can't even fathom not burning sage. Exactly, and I'm like, <sighs> like, but this is what I've always done. It's like, like and what well, you've done that, is wrong. Exactly. Well, that just tells me that you've spent years of your practice doing the wrong thing. You know, I find myself thinking that a lot more lately because I, I've had this conversation with a few people even in recent days where they've been like, well, I know what I'm doing because I've been practicing for like 25 years. And in my brain, I'm like, well, that just tells me that you've been doing it wrong for 25 fucking years. Yeah. You know, um, because as you're sitting here today telling me this is how you do it, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 
And, you know, and I know there will be people out there that will hear that and go like, well, there's no one right way to witch. And you're absolutely fucking right. But if you're going to sit here and tell me, like the example you used earlier, you're going to sit and tell me I use aconite for love spells. I'm going to tell you, you're not really doing love spells. I don't know what the fuck you're doing. But the spirit of aconite is not going to do shit to help someone fall in love with you. Try again. Right. There are there are right and wrong ways based on the results that you see. Mm-hmm. Well, and on top of that, even if it's not right or wrong, there's efficient and effectual mm-hmm. and inefficient and ineffectual. Yes. Ineffective. <clears throat> and ineffective. Not effective. No, ineffectual. Ineffectual. Yeah, and that's the, it happens all the time with people coming in and, oh, well, I've, I've saged my house and it just keeps coming back. And I'm like, that's the problem. Yeah, quit using sage. You're you're using this thing, and this is the definition of insanity. You keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, yet you keep doing it and getting not the desired result, the wrong result, or an undesirable result. But you keep doing the same thing because it must have been something you did or someone else did. When in reality, you're just doing it wrong. You're just doing it wrong. And if you actually sit down, shut the fuck up, and open your ears, and allow yourself to listen, mm-hmm. absorb, process, digest yeah. said information and knowledge, you're going to be able to move forward. I use the example of Sage because I had someone come in. This uh, we've we've had someone in here every day this week with the well I burned sage like I, I took a phone call this morning you heard that phone call mm-hmm. at least my side of that phone call where yes because like, a psychic well, I, told them I to. did this I did this I did this and you know and they told me like the three things that they had done which are like the textbook I'm a light worker who thinks they know shit about shit mistakes that people make and and I had the first thing out of my mouth I couldn't help it the first thing I said when she finished telling me what she'd done was like so you basically did all the wrong things and, and I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. You know, I I usually try to be very diplomatic and I usually try not to go there. But in that moment, just because we've heard the sage thing every fucking day for the last week, I'm like, I'm sick of the sage. If one more blue-eyed blonde white chick walks in here asking where the sage bundles are, I'm going to scream. I'm going to start stocking sage in the store so that the next person that comes in and asks for it, I can shove a bundle of it down their fucking throat. Anyway, Austin, you were saying. <laughs> well, I agree with you. At that point, I'd just be like, here, mugwort. Because it looks like white sage bundled up. Yes, yes, it does, kind of. Um, so, but a prime example is I had this guy come in, and he was bound and determined to hit sage. Bound and determined, bound and determined, bound and determined. I said, here's what I'm going to do for you. I will purchase this bundle of rosemary for you. I will purchase this for you and you will go home and you're going to do the same exact thing that you do with sage but with rosemary and if it doesn't work and you don't have the desired results you want come back i will give you a refund well i will refund myself and I will give you the money to go to the Native American trading post and purchase white sage from them. Yes. And we will call it a day. 
And they're like, okay, well, if you're wrong, I'm like, if I'm wrong, you're not out anything other than a bundle of white sage. And having to maybe make the trip back into the store to get, exactly. to get $5 from you to go buy sage. Exactly. They came back a month and a half later because it worked. And I was like, you were shocked? They were like, well, you just see in like movies and online, it's always sage that fixes the problem. And I'm like, yeah, fiction. Yeah. These are also... And not well-researched fiction. No, because if you're looking, if you're watching popular Hollywoodized movies, it's always a witch doing a baneful hex or a bind or something, mm -hmm. burning a bundle of white sage. And I'm like, there's this like, I get the cognitive dissonance. I'm like, that better be Datora leaves in that bundle, mm -hmm. because that's not how this works. So, understand that when you go into a shop and you're asking for help, be open to the answer you're getting. If you already know the answer, don't fucking ask. If you are arrogant enough that you don't know, mm -hmm. or, or, or that you think you know, and you're if, if you're second-guessing yourself, that's a sign that you should probably ask. We'll just say that. Also... Please don't body check things or, or kinesi kinesiology. kinesiology. Oh. Yes, yes, that really bothered oh. you earlier this week. And I think you had a young woman again today who did that to you, didn't she? She was I, talking about the body pendulum. I It bothers me. not. So here's the thing. It's not that I don't think that's valid. I do think that there's some validity to that. Okay? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's common courtesy. Don't stand in the middle of the walkway holding a Fucking crystal, yeah. To see if it's for, for your for, best. For this is the thing I don't understand. Like, like because I'll I'll be the first to admit I I do believe there's some validity to kinesiology. Yes, as a practice. Although I will say the way that the light workers are and the new agers are using it is not at all how it was originally supposed to be. Of course used, not, um, because they bastardize everything they yep. touch. Um, but I. But I will say, you know, even though I believe that there is some validity there to that practice, I still don't understand why it takes you 10 plus minutes to body test a single crystal. And that's, that, that should be a very immediate yes. response. Well, and on top of that, it's it's also, it's, it's common courtesy. If there's 10 other people in the shop or 10 other people in your vicinity and you're standing in the middle of the walkway mm -hmm. holding a bloody fucking rose quartz to see why is it bloody for your best and highest good just buy it it's 75 fucking cents yes you don't need to body test to justify spending 75 cents if you want, and, and I've said this to many, many people who've come into the shop, and they probably are, are getting sick of me hearing it, but if it's shiny and it's pretty, and you want to buy it because it's shiny and pretty, fucking buy it. Just buy it. Don't body test. Yeah, we are a spiritual shop. We are a witchcraft-centered shop. Is and there is there a situation... Okay, so be before you go off on another, another tirade there. So... Is there a situation where you could see that body testing would be a good thing? 
What about in helping you maybe to select a spiritual practitioner to work with? That, yes, that right. would be good. What, what about maybe before you sign a whole shit ton of paperwork to buy that half million dollar house? Yes. Or that, what, God, what the fuck is a car costing now? $40,000 car. Exactly. Those types of situations are right. But a 75 cents crystal. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's 75 cents. And if it's pretty and shiny and you don't have the money for it, just ask me. I will yeah. I will give you a dollar to buy the yeah. 75 cent fucking crystal you want. Well, or, or I mean, I, one thing I always... If you... In, in the, with the idea of, of conservation and being uh, ethical in the items that we use in our spirituality and the money that we spend, I, I'm kind of a big believer that if I buy something and for whatever reason it ends up really not working for me, chances are I've got someone in my life that probably could benefit well, from that thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I'm going to give you this piece of rose quartz because it's become clear to me that really it was probably meant for you to begin with. Yes. There, there are plenty of times where things taxi cab off of people. Yeah. And if you're body testing to make sure that it's for you and only for you and just for you, one, good, you're selfish. Two, are you selfish? It's a crystal. It's, it's a crystal. It doesn't matter. It, it. I, I think that's what just boggles my mind is it's always the crystals and it's always, oh, you have to hover your hand to find the right one for you. And I'm like, or hear me out. Hear me out. You, you, you pick up a book or that sheet of paper that most metaphysical shops are going to have that tell you the basis of the stone mm-hmm. and go, oh, yeah. I could really use some assistance with communication. Blue lace agate seems like it could really help me with that. Maybe I should get that instead of going, oh, yes, this pyrite. I feel this is going to help me with my communication. It's fucking pyrite. Mm. Well, I feel, I don't give a fuck what you feel. It's pyrite. It's iron fucking pyrite. It's good for money, good for protection, good for grounding. Really good to throw at people because it's heavy. It is very heavy. So... If you are one of those people who body tests everything, please do not feel that I think you're th- think th- there's something wrong with you. Because I don't. I agree with that. However, be kind and considerate to the other patrons around you and to the shop workers because standing with the tarot cabinet open for 15 minutes body testing 15 different decks when you already looked at one deck and was like, oh... I saw that deck and I really like that deck and I want that deck, but I have to make sure that it's the best and highest good for me. Just buy the fucking deck. Don't stand there with the doors open, wiggling in place. Just buy the deck. Was she what, what, was was she wiggling? Yes, she was oh. body testing. She was. Yes, they oh. do. Yeah, they do like the like the leaning like do you lean in? Oh no, lean away. Or, you know, they, I, the ones I love are, like, where they do the arm. Like, they hold their arm straight out. And they're like, if this is right. And they, oh, and they have a buddy, right, that'll push down on their arm. Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll be like, and then they'll hold the other thing in their hand, or the thing in their other hand. And they're like, if this is the right thing, when my friend goes to push my arm down, my arm won't move. 
because that's my body telling me this is the right thing. Where instead, if it's the wrong thing, when they push down, my arm will go straight down. And I'm like, okay, or you're a an itty-bitty little thing and your buddy is like a linebacker. And, you know, probably really super strong. Mm-hmm. And if they push down on your arm, they're probably going to push down on your arm. Yeah. You know, um, so, yeah, so I love those. Those those ones always kind of crack me up. I'm like, this, this the, is not, not, good, not good scientific process. Well and, well, and many, many moons ago, there was a person who came into a shop that I was working at who actively put several of the same stone up on the counter five minutes before close mm-hmm. and had to body test each one of them. It was like 30. I swear it was 30 obsidian. It's all obsidian. It's all obsidian. It's all going to do what obsidian does. Yeah. It doesn't matter if that one made your body lean forward or backwards. Yep. It's obsidian. Mm-hmm. It's going to do what obsidian does. And eventually, we were three minutes past close, and I said, it's all obsidian. I said what I just said. It's obsidian. It's going to do what obsidian does. You don't need to body test it. We've been closed for three minutes now. I need you to wrap up your purchase and get out. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I just want to make sure that I'm not going to upset its spirit. It's obsidian. It's all going to do what obsidian does. Yeah. Just like rose quartz does what rose quartz does. Well, we've talked about, I think maybe maybe that's a good thing that we should talk about. We, <sighs> we should talk about it and, you know, to, to try to bring this back to a constructive point. We've talked a lot in the episode about animistic spirits. Yes. Right. And there was an episode, I believe, where we touched specifically upon herbs. Yes. And the spirits of herbs. Right. And I think that there are a lot of people that have this idea or this belief that every separate rose bush out there has its own individual spirit. And the same could be true for stones, right? Where that person in that example you were just giving had 30 different pieces of black onyx or obsidian, obsidian. on the counter. And they're in their brain, they're thinking every single piece of this obsidian has its own spirit. And that's not how it works at all. No. Every piece of obsidian they placed on that counter shared the same spirit because they were all black obsidian. They all share the same animistic spirit and intelligence of black obsidian. Yes. The only distinguishing thing at that moment is which one do you like the shape of most? Yes. Right? Which one caught your eye first? Which one feels right? good in your hand? Exactly. You know, like just, exactly. Just for the fill of in your palm. Like, which one fits your hand best? Right? Like, those are the things to be paying attention to. You know, and it's the true, same is true for any other stone, right? Like, every piece of rose quartz in the shop, whether it be a tumbled stone, a tower, some other rough. form, whatever, a rough, exactly, a rough piece, every piece of rose quartz in that shop is all going to share the same animistic spirit of rose quartz. Quartz. Yes. It's all going to be the same spirit. Yes, it's all going to be rose So quartz. it doesn't matter. Just go with the one that, again, that attracted you for whatever reason. Exactly. And it's the same with, with, with plant spirits. It's the same. And it's... I guess it would be the same for animal spirits, too, if you're working with it on, like, a totemic level. On a totemic level or, or on the archetypal energy level, yes. But each animal's going to have its own different Yes, personality. well, because each animal's have their own. Yes. But, like, if you're calling on the spirit of bear, for example. Actually, we'll use something that I'm, I, I'm, I'm very close to. I mean, I'm close to bear, but that I've used recently. I called on the spirit of moth. Okay. Doesn't matter what moth it was. I shaped it. I, I I chose Luna Moth as that's how I liked it to be presented. Yes, Moth is Moth is Moth, is Moth is Moth is Moth. The archetypal energy of Moth 
is psychopompic. Therefore, it is messages between the realms, a courier of the dead, and communication between your spirits and you. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't matter if this moth was your best friend. I mean, if it, I mean, that doesn't matter because who doesn't want a best friend Luna moth except for they die very fast. Um, they do. They die really fast. After they mate and they lay their eggs and they die. They don't last very long. Bring it, bring it back. Anyway, um, it's still going to be moth. Yes. No matter if you're evoking Luna moth or... Well, you might see some subtle differences in spirit based on different types of moths. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, you would yes, but the totemic energy of moth is still yeah, moth. Well, yes, exactly. Yes, the moth is going to represent the same thing, and in the pers- purpose of working with it spiritually, you are right. Regardless of the moth, it is highly likely that yes, they're all going to really exactly, be used for which is things. why you know if you're if you're working with a servitor, and the servitor that you've created, what's a servitor? If you did an episode on it, you should listen to it. Um, if you built up the image of your servitor in your mind, and you see a lion. Okay, your servitor is going to have the archetypal energies and aspects of lion. So it's going to be a good hunter. It's going to watch. It's going to be a very good watcher. Probably more active at night than it will be during the day. Um, But it's still going to have its own personality because it's still a separate entity. You know? Yeah. The spirit of Rose is all going to be the same. That's not to say that separate rose bushes don't have their own different feel. Yeah, so you'd say like like a red rose bush, or or we'll say a variety of red rose. Yes, would have a slightly different spiritual feel than say like a variety of yellow or white roses. Yes, right. I mean, a good example in our backyard, we have a, that that beautiful long stem rose bush. Yes, who I love. I love her. And then we have the other, you know shrubbier rose rose bushes which are also really pretty the the smaller rose bushes always have this this more of a playful kind of feel mm-hmm. whereas the taller one is always more regal yes but they're also different varieties of rose there are also different varieties yeah. of rose yes but they're still rose it's still rose yeah magically on a spiritual level yes you're, you're still going to incorporate them or use them in the same way exactly yeah so, so I guess it's kind of like humans really even think about it if you know there's the soul of that human but then there's the spirit of the human that they are uh yes and they are different things yes as humans we all have both a soul and the immediate manifestation of our being in this consciousness in this lifetime which is our spirit yes yes okay all right anyways that's all i got to say about those things well that was enough i think I think it was a it's lot. odd. I was sitting here and I was like, wow, without really going into it, we kind of had a what we're loving and hating segment. Because yeah. um, that was that was a lot of ranting. Oh, the bile, the bile in us. Ooh. I'm loving that people are trying to be more conscious, but please don't let your conscious decisions become obsessive uh, and neurotic. Yes. You know, you want to put up an ancestral altar, put up an ancestral altar. There's no really wrong way about it. We did an entire episode on it. There's plenty of books out there on working with your ancestors. There's no wrong way. Okay. Allow yourself to do that. And again, it's okay to make mistakes. And if there's any, any experience that you want to, that that you're more apt to be, 
okay making mistakes with it's going to be your ancestors because your ancestors made mistakes well and i guess this is this is kind of part of it and i think that we tend to look at that focusing a bit more adding to what you're just saying we tend to i think look at this when it comes to say the archetype or the the aspect or idea of working with deities right there are a lot of people out there that are like well you know i want to work with a god Right, but I I don't want to maybe by the nature of who they are, right? Maybe this is mm. someone who tends to be kind of a, just a very calm, a very passive, kind of very peaceful kind of person, right? And they're like, oh, I want to work with a god, but I don't know that I would be comfortable working with a god of war or a god that would be associated with war and 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 that kind of violence, right? Because mm. by nature, I just I'm not a violent personality. I don't find value or the, or a connection to that kind of energy, right? And so in that situation, you've got someone who is consciously saying basically. No, I'm not going to work with a war god. Mm-hmm. Even if one maybe were to reach out, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say no to that. Which you can do. You yes, can say no to the gods. You can totally say no to the gods. Um, where we don't extend that to spirits like our ancestors or other kinds of spirits, right? You know, where it's like, okay, this is kind of what I got and what I have to work with. And the reality is, is no. No, you don't. No. You don't have to work with those spirits. And if you're working with those spirits and you have found any kind of spirit, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what kind of spirit it is. If you have found that you're working with that spirit and you really have kind of, you've really made your effort, like an effort, you've really done your best. And, you know, and you, who knows, you have an off day and maybe you don't refill the water on that altar at the same time that you normally do. You know, maybe you're a few hours late or who knows, maybe you don't even get to it today because shit happens, right? And don't worry, I'll refresh your water tomorrow. And you get to that altar with that fresh glass of water and the spirits on that altar are angry and hostile with you and they refuse your offering of fresh water because you didn't make it yesterday. Then they don't get fresh water. Then fuck those spirits. Why would you want to work with those spirits? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Exactly. Like, have some self-respect. You are worth more than that. Yes. You do not get to be the whipping boy, the punching bag to your spirits. If that's the relationship you've established with your spirits, my God, change your practice now because that's miserable. If you need spirits to beat your ass every day, go to church. Exactly. Ugh. Yes. Now, that doesn't mean that that's an, that this is an excuse to not take care of your spirits and not maintain your altar. Oh, well, no, because it's still a relationship, right? It's still a relationship. But if you're giving, 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 in any relationship situation, okay, so you and your partner, right? So in this situation, me and you, I'm constantly giving, I'm constantly validating, I'm constantly taking care of you. And you just, you crap all over me in return. And it really, really hurts me. But because I'm mentally and emotionally unwell, I just continue the pattern, right? I'm not going to be remiss in my affection and my love and devotion to you because I, I do love you. Even though you're horribly cruel to me and dismissive, and and I can tell already with the look on your face, I'm I'm gonna, those of you listening, I'm going to be getting a beating after this episode. I can already tell. Oof, he's so angry. He's laughing on the microphone, but you should see. Oh, he just pulled out a knife. Oh my god. Um, no, but anyway, um, but like you know, you can still give and 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 be doing the thing that you need to do. And on the back end, if you're getting or you're experiencing like I'm really not getting a lot in response, mm-hmm. then that that's really probably your sign. Mm-hmm. Like like it's not that those spirits are maybe even necessarily even being malicious, right? But for whatever reason, you're doing a lot of work and they're not really giving you anything in return to validate that. Yep. Why continue to work with those spirits? Yep. Why continue to maintain that relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, we had this. Oh my God, Mike is breaking up with me. We'll talk after the episode. That's if I'm I'm still conscious after you beat me. 
I mean, I had this conversation with someone in the shop t- j- just this evening. Like, oh, well, I think this God's calling to me now. Well, I think this is calling to me. Oh, well, I think... Th-. And it's like... Or you're being neurotic and you're trying to replace your religious trauma mm-hmm. and your religious affiliations mm-hmm. with other deities. Mm-hmm. Which does also happen quite a bit. You know, well, well, I think it might be a trickster. It's it's not a trickster. I, I think you've split your focus on your on your spirits. And I had that conversation. I was very blunt, too. And I, you? And I, and I didn't really feel bad about it. I was like, no. Hmm. Like, first off, if you can't maintain a relationship with one god, what makes you think adding another uh, another god relationship or god's relationship on top of that is doable? Oh, I think I remember this. And then you slapped her. Yes. Oh. Um, no, but could you imagine, though? Oh, my gosh. Like, but, but that's something you really need to consider. If you can't maintain a relationship with one spirit, what makes you think adding more to that is going to be... Go on. <laughs> what makes you think adding more to that is going to be I'm, helpful? I'm, I'm the folly person for our podcast now. I'm doing the sound effects. What makes you think it's going to be helpful? What makes you think it's going to be effective? What what makes you think that that's going to change? That's going to change. Most of the time, the people who are working with so many different deities, they might be working with one deity legitimately, but the rest are tricksters. And they're, again, there's nothing wrong with tricksters, but my God, like 17 different deities? What makes you think? What, what? How do you have the time? No one has the time. To, to our listeners, I apologize. If you just heard the rustling of plastic, I was opening a bag of Technicolor green breadsticks that were given to us as a gift by Vlad and Tabitha today. They are breadsticks, but they've been dyed green, and they are selling them, this bakery is selling them as witch's fingers. fingers. And... I kind of want to try one, but I want to do it now as I'm ready to leave the store to go home because I'm very concerned that if I bite into this, that my mouth is going to be green and I don't want to have one in the morning and run around with a green mouth all day tomorrow. Um, so here we go. This really should be a video cast because we're ridiculous. We could start, but ugh. I think we're funny. Our studio could be better. Eh. I mean, we basically just record in the office at the shop. Eh. I don't see a problem. Is it just a regular old breadstick? It's just a breadstick, yeah. It's just green. Interesting. I wasn't expecting them really to be anything other. Like I said, my my big concern is the... uh, With all the uh, food coloring in this, how, how, how is this going to dye my mouth? And then, of course, tomorrow, when... The other... Anyway, that's an episode. Happy witching! No, really. Like, we're at an episode. So, anything else that you need to say, Mike? Yeah, so tomorrow when I poop... Oh, my God, I'm thinking, like... (laughs) This is gonna be green. Actually, more likely black. But anyway... (laughs) Thank you for listening. I will tell everybody. I'll give everybody an update on our next episode. Thank you for listening, everyone. Um, as as usual, please submit stories. Please submit questions. Yes, the scary story. Thank you very quickly. Oh, my God. So, yes, we've had, I think, three submissions now for our okay. scary stories. So, we've got a few. Are they all your mother? No. Okay. Um, she shared one. 
because we told her about it. And she was like, oh, let me tell you about this one. And so she shared what my mother has somewhere killer, really good, scary experience with, with, she's had over the course of her life, she has had some of the freakiest and the weirdest experiences with, with ghosts and other supernatural Because your mother's things. a medium. She's never um, done anything to develop it. It's true. She's just got this natural gift and she's never really bothered. But I also think that over the, because of some of the life circumstances, yeah. she's very often found herself in situations where she's been more likely to be exposed yeah. to those kinds of situations. Yeah. Or spirits. Right? So anyway, so she sent one. We got one from Randy. Um, who follows us on TikTok and Instagram. Right. We like Randy. Randy's very, Randy's very cool. And Randy's in the process right now of actually establishing their own coven. I've been talking back and forth with them for a little bit now. And, and they're, they're doing exciting things. I think I think it's I think it's going to be a good thing. Um, <clears throat> anyway, um, and then we got a submission from uh, another listener as well. So we have a few. And again, those of you who are listening, um, you know, we, we are, it's not that we necessarily want to be inundated with ghost stories, but over the next couple of weeks as we're recording episodes, we thought it would actually be nice to focus on those stories and to talk about those situations and the way that we would uh, decipher and interpret what was going on and then ultimately also potentially resolve that situation if it proved to be a problematic one mm-hmm. as magical practitioners. So that's that's kind of the whole point. So it'll be kind of fun if you guys, if anybody listening to this, if you have a story you want to share, you can email that to us at info at catandcauldron.com. You can find that email address on the website for the shop. Um, and uh, yeah, and just give us um, some quick detail, you know, uh, basically just basic events. This is what happened. You know, like I said, make sure it's spooky. Make sure it's scary. We want these things to be scary and spooky. Um and then uh, we will uh, make a point of going through and we will we will be reading those. As you submit them, we will be reading them on air. So don't include anything that's going to maybe embarrass you. Not that we'll necessarily be identifying these people, but who knows? It's an internet kind of world now. Anyway. Are my teeth green? No, actually. Oh, really? Well, I can't really... Well, I mean, no more than usual, right? Like, maybe, maybe they have like a tinge of green, but I don't think so. I think your tongue's probably going to be more green. Nope, you don't even have green on your tongue. Sorry, that was gross. Sorry, I have like chew food in my mouth and I'm sticking my tongue out at you. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. Please submit your stories and suggestions or questions or both and we will be more than happy to get to you. Happy witching.